When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Eye on Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to Ion Foxborough. I'm Chris Mason here with Mark Daniels. The Super Bowl is officially in the books. The Kansas City Chiefs are champions again. And Mark Daniels, you can take your victory lap now. Before the season started, we had to predict the Super Bowl. Mark not only picked the Chiefs winning, it was the only one on the staff, but he had Chiefs over 49ers. Mark, the floor is yours. You know, you know what they say, Chris, is that uh, when you're picking a Super Bowl winner, it is often wise to pick the team with the best quarterback. So I wouldn't say I put a lot of thought into it. I was like, yep, I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to pick him to win the Super Bowl. And truthfully, I like the 49ers a lot. I always have. I like the way they've built their roster. They're they're pretty loaded. So for me, it was pretty easy, man. I, I didn't really I, I didn't overthink it. And I have to be honest, I completely forgot who I picked for my Super Bowl teams until you tweeted it yesterday. So, yep, I'll take my victory lap, even though I forgot about it and put little thought into it <laughs> at the end of the day. I went with the 49ers because I really like their roster, and I thought eventually Kyle Shannon has to get one of these, right? Nope, nope. Same thing plays out over and over and over again. Brutal loss for the 49ers in overtime. They had multiple chances to win it, couldn't do it. What did you make of the Shanahan decision to take the ball first in overtime, given the new rules? It was bad. It was such a bad decision. You know, at the end of the day, I think – you don't want to give Patrick Mahomes a chance to win the Super Bowl. So what I would have done, say, all right, we win the toss. We're going to defer. We're going to let Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs come out because, you know, best case scenario is you stop them or hold them to a field goal, and then you know what you need to do. Like if Mahomes goes out there first and scores a touchdown, it changes your strategy. You know you're going for it on fourth down. You know you need to score a touchdown. I hated it, man. It's like it, right when they took the ball, I was like, if they don't score a touchdown, it's over. I think we all knew that because Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. I just, I really, I, I dislike the decision. I, I would have rather had the ball second just because you would you would know what you need to do. I, I think giving Mahomes a chance to win the game, it was the wrong move. Yeah, and I mean, I read Kyle's reasoning after where he was like, well, if we both scored touchdowns or both scored field goals, I wanted the ball in sudden death with a third possession, which is like, yeah, I mean, I kind of get that. The Chiefs could have just negated that by trying to go for two if they needed a touchdown, and then they could have ended it there on the second possession. I mean, the one explanation that would have made way more sense to me is if he was like, 
my defense was exhausted. They needed they needed a break because they looked really, really tired at the end of regulation and throwing them right back out there. I think you're basically guaranteeing a Chiefs touchdown no matter what. I mean, they scored one anyways eventually, but Good point. that would be like kind of like feel for the game. Like, okay, I get what you're saying here. But the most alarming thing of all of this is the 49ers players didn't know the rules. Kyle Shanahan is such a control freak where like I was reading an athletic story on him the other day. He has cameras in every single meeting room so that he can watch the meetings from his own office and jump in whenever he wants to. So he can hear everything that's going on in all of his meetings and be everywhere at once because he wants to be able to do that. Did not teach his players the playoff overtime rules with two weeks to prepare for the Super Bowl, no less. I mean, it's one thing to not even do it before the playoffs. All right, Super Bowl now. You have an extra week. They need to know this. I I can't believe that. And was it um the uh, Kansas City Chiefs players were actually saying they were talking about it in training camp? Right. They had a bit. They talked like as soon as the rule passed, Chiefs players when they got together in the summer, like, oh yeah, did you hear about this new rule? This is how it is. And and they even said that they they talked about it going into the game because that's what you do. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, he's an offensive genius, but I, I think clearly he lacks some as a head coach by evident of of that. The fact that his players didn't know the Super Bowl rules, Chris, but before they're about to play the Super Bowl, like the OT rules is insane to me. It is just wild. You know, say what you want about Bill Belichick. At the end of the day, his teams were always prepared. They were prepared for every single thing. Every scenario, Patriots players would tell you, they practiced and drilled every single scenario weekly because Bill Belichick never wanted his players to be caught off guard. And there you are in the biggest game of your life. And your players don't know the OT rules. It wild to me, man, that 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 would even happen. Honestly, just that's crazy. Dude, Bill was so meticulous that he would try and simulate the longer half times for Super yeah. Bowl. So guys would be ready for that because they're always inevitably longer with the halftime show. And this one, I think, was over half an hour as opposed to your normal like 16, 18 minutes, wherever that falls. So that, that's just something that's still missing from the Kyle Shanahan skill set. You know, like, yeah, offensive guru can scheme all these guys open. I mean, you had a third and four with two minutes to go in the game. You know, a first down essentially is going to end it and you can't scheme it open. So I, I don't know. I don't know what that says, but I think my biggest issue with his coaching in this game was just going away from Christian McCaffrey for a giant chunk in the middle of the game when they had the lead. Yeah. There was something from like it's around 10 minutes uh, in the second quarter to like late in the third quarter where McCaffrey had one carry with the lead and it's like what are you doing you're overthinking this so badly well you know it's 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 you're you're absolutely right i thought i thought the same thing but i think it also shows you like how the teams were built right like the 49ers are, are really st a stacked roster with i would say brock purdy's a good young quarterback he did earn like a legit pro bowl berth this year it wasn't an, an alternate is what i'm saying yeah but with the 49ers in crunch time, like who do you want to have the ball in their hands? And it was clearly Christian McCaffrey, I think the best player in offense, one of the best players in the NFL. Conversely, though, in the Chiefs, crunch time, who do you want to have the ball in their hands? It's obvious Patrick Mahomes, right? right? Like what was it, the third or fourth down conversion where they just kept in Mahomes' hands yeah, and he ran the fourth, for the first the down? Like, overtime. like in crunch time, Patrick Mahomes just took control and he did what he always does. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. It, it shows you, I, I think, a giant discrepancy in how to build a team, right? Because, like, we talk about it all the time. And I think now with the Patriots, you talk about what should they what should they do in free agency? What should they do in the draft? And there are people out there, and listen, it's a good argument, 
trade down, you could probably acquire multiple, maybe multiple first round picks, Chris. You know, if you trade number three, you might you might land a draft pick this year lower and then two like that. That's a lot. And sure, you can build your roster, you build your team. I would love to point out, though, that the San Francisco 49ers went into this game with an NFL high, nine Pro Bowl players and six All Pros. This year in the All Pro voting, there were three unanimous selections. Two are on the 49ers, Fred Warner and Christian McCaffrey. The San Francisco 49ers had a better roster than the Kansas City Chiefs. Why did they lose the Super Bowl? Because they didn't have the better quarterback, right? It's it's Patrick Mahomes. The, the NFL is just, it's a quarterback-driven league. And, you know, you're saying that about Christian McCaffrey. I agree wholeheartedly. The 49ers should have just leaned on McCaffrey more than they did, and, and that probably cost them. But I also think, like, if we were to, you know, talk about the Patriots or what we think about the Patriots after this game, like, my argument with all of this is, you know what? Don't trade down. Don't sign Baker Mayfield. Don't sign Kirk Cousins. Draft a quarterback. Now, asterisks here, if you deem him worthy, draft mm -hmm. a quarterback in number three. And and I think the more I think about it, I'm like, all right, if there's a chance Jaden Daniels or Drake may turn into a top 10 franchise guy, I think you have to do it. And looking at that game, sort of scream that to me. And I'm just wondering, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Like for me, I'm like, man, listen, you can't guarantee drafting a Patrick Mahomes. It's rare, right? There's only one Mahomes. But but if you can get a high upside guy, I kind of think they have to roll the dice. It is a gamble, but I think they need to take it. It definitely is. And I mean, the giant caveat is that's Patrick Mahomes. Like he's the best quarterback in the league by far. Like, I don't think there's really a close second right now. You know, when a playoff run starts, who do you want? It's it's Mahomes and there's no question about it. Having said that, I do agree that I think they should take a quarterback at three. I think like if you take a step back and take a much wider look at the next couple of years, free agents classes are bad. There's nobody that you're meeting like, oh yeah, this guy is a long-term answer no matter what. The draft class next year, it looks pretty weak at quarterback. And I think that it really works for you in this draft. If you take a quarterback at three, the tackle depth is so deep in this draft that you can still probably get a starting caliber tackle early in the second round. And yeah. so I think that you're able to address both those needs. Again, like you said, the asterisk is you have to like the guy. You know, if you have a terrible grade on like Drake May and he is the guy at three and he's there and it's a bad fit, then don't force it. But I think that... All three of these guys at the top of the draft are really building block type players. And I think that's like most of the evaluation right now. And so I, I think it makes a ton of sense to take one of them at three and then go tackle early in the second round. And so like the, the other the other alternative here, guys, is they sign Kirk Cousins or Baker Mayfield, right? The two best quarterback free agents. My my question for everyone who wants that, what does that bring you? You can say eight to ten wins, a wild card or divisional spot, fine. You're back drafting 15 to 20 for the next two, three years. You're you're back trying to build a defensive heavy roster and building up offensive weapons around Kirk Cousins and or Baker Mayfield to hope that you hit lightning in a bottle and you can make a run. But let's just like step back and think about the quarterbacks you're going to be competing against. I mean, the short term in your division, it's Josh Allen, Tua Tagovailoa, Aaron Rodgers. But in your conference, and we're not just talking Patrick Mahomes. It's Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, C.J. Stroud, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert. Are you telling me you want to battle in the conference in your division with Mayfield or Russell Wilson or Kirk Cousins? Like the quarterback play in the conference and in the division, Chris, is so damn strong. I, I, I like I feel so strongly that if like the Pats have these guys graded closely to their like top five, they just need to do it. It would like. 
Like, honestly, I, I like Baker Mayfield. I, I really do. And he has history with Alex Van Pelt, has history with Ben McAdoo, has history with Elliot Wolf, by the way, who was in Cleveland as an assistant GM when they drafted him. What does Baker Mayfield get you if you draft him? Like, like on, honestly, well, like what, what's your what's your ceiling? What's your floor? Like, you know, we're, to me, it's not that exciting. I get that there's a lower floor because it's not a draft bust, but I, I don't I don't see the ceiling compared to the competition, you know, at quarterback that you'll be facing in your division or league wide conference wide. So my thing with Mayfield is I just don't know why he would leave Tampa Bay. It's like you've struggled so hard to find any sort of stability, right? And you, you have it. And if you're Tampa Bay, you realize that you have a quarterback that, you know, brought you to the playoffs, got you a playoff win this year. I think you can build something and be really encouraged by your first season there. So why, if you're Tampa, why wouldn't you pay him? And if you're Baker, why wouldn't you just go back there? Like you finally have a good thing going, you know, ride that out after how tumultuous the start to his career was. And with Cousins, I think it's like a horrible move to pay him $45 million that he's reportedly seeking coming off an Achilles at his age. Like there's no guarantee that like he's a guy that can turn things around. He's been like a solid quarterback for a long time. He's never been a great, great quarterback. And now at his age coming off an Achilles, like why would you bankrupt half your cap space just to bring him in? And I mean, I don't think he looks like a long-term answer either. So between those two options, honestly, I would like Mayfield better as a fit, but I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, which brings us right back to Take a quarterback at three if you like it. Yeah. It, it. Like, it's the smartest move. And the more I, I dive into the Patriots roster, Chris, right now, the more I realize they have so many holes. And, and you know, we've we've gone over on offense, tight end, tackle, hell, running back, number one receiver. But also on defense, you have work to do. I mean, like J Matthew Judon is, you know, what, 31, coming off a season-ending injury. Josh Uche and Anthony Jennings are free agents. I mean, Kyle Duggar, your best safety is a free agent. They might cut Adrian Phillips, and Jabril Peppers is only signed for one more year. You, you, at cornerback, Jonathan Jones will be in a contract year. They're probably going to either release or restructure J.C. Jackson. Christian Gonzalez is coming off a season-ending injury. Like You probably need more depth at safety. You need more depth at cornerback. You need more depth at edge rusher. That's on defense, which is your strong suit. Like This isn't a quick fix is what I'm saying, guys. Like I understand. All right, trade down, get a bunch of draft picks, draft the tackle, sign this. Like, like, all right, maybe that you push, you kick the can down the road. But like, look at like the Houston Texans and CJ Stroud, right? At number two, they take a swing and they hit. And all of a sudden, the arrow is pointing up. As opposed to, say, the New Orleans Saints. You know, they acquired Derek Carr, who is a solid quarterback. The Saints are sort of in that nowheres, man. No, nowhere land. You know what I'm trying to say. They're in that yeah. level of mediocrity where the Patriots have been. We're like, all right. Yeah, with Derek Carr, you can win eight games. You can win 10 games. I'm not picking Derek Carr over CJ Stroud in the playoffs. You know, I'm not picking Derek Carr over, you know, Dak Prescott in the playoffs. It's it's a tough, tough game. And we've we've talked about this a lot, but I think like historically, the easiest way to find a franchise quarterback is to draft him in the first round. And I, you know, I, I wrote this column, you know, for Mass Live today about this. And people are pointing out, well, the Chiefs didn't do that. The Chiefs had a playoff ready team with Alex Smith. And they found the next guy. And, and I think that's great. You're very, very far away from being the Chiefs and Alex Smith. It is, this is such a massive rebuild, Chris. There is no quick fix is what I'm saying. Elliot Wolf and Gerard Mayo, they have a lot of work to do. So for me, it's like get the quarterback first and then do it. But man, this is, this is a tough job right now. I'm talking about the front office new head coach. This is a hard job. Yeah. And I mean, I guess to really just hammer the quarterback point home, 
who are the last four quarterback? Who are the last four teams playing in the AFC this year? You have the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, the Bills with Josh Allen, and the Texans with C.J. Stroud. Like you need elite quarterback play if you want to compete in the AFC, and that's not even factoring in Joe Burrow, who is done for the year. You know, so I, I do think that you, if you want to hang with the big dogs in this conference, you need to nail a quarterback. Take him at number three. Boom. The the 49ers are also it's interesting because the 49ers tried to do that, right? They they traded a boatload of draft picks up in number three, um, what in 2021, and they drafted Trey Lance. They they missed. But you know, their their GM and their front office and, and their coaching staff is it's good enough that they were able to make it up by building an elite roster around that quarterback position. It'll be fascinating to me to see like what where they go with Brock Purdy from here. I, I like Brock. I think he's a good quarterback, but you can still be a young, good quarterback and lose to the greatest of all time. And, and as we saw for 20 years here in New England with, with Tom Brady, when you have that top guy, it makes everything just so much easier. You know, it's just watching the Chiefs game yesterday, Chris, it was it was sort of interesting because you're like, oh man, Marquise Valdez Scantling catches the touchdown. McCall Hardman catches the game winner. And at the end of the day, it didn't matter that the 49ers had Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and, and Christian McCaffrey and Trent Williams, a, a left tackle. It's just Man, it is, it is a quarterback league, and no matter how much the rules change and, you know, how much the game evolves and there are better athletes, man, you get the quarterback, it's, you're kind of, you're kind of set, you're kind of set to a certain degree. Yeah, and this is the first time I think that Mahomes has had a really legit defense, too, where, like, Spags, he, he's been amazing. Like, I feel like offensive coordinators get all of the attention all the time because, you know, if you're Ben Johnson, you're doing this and this and this and this. What Spax has done with that defense and what he did with the Giants defense is obviously like I think it's still underappreciated. You know, if there's like an under the radar guy that should be like if you could give a coach a Super Bowl MVP, I would consider being like, hey, Spags. I mean, like that third and four, when you knew that he was going to dial up a blitz at the two minute warning, gets a free rusher, gets home. You know, I I, I, I think that what he's done is really, really impressive. And one other unsung hero from that game. This is going to be such a narky thing, but it's Bill Vinovich. <laughs> like, I feel like Rob Lowe in the NFL hat right now, but I thought the officiating was really, really good in that game. And after like last year, it's just great to like not even really think about it. <laughs> I don't know. What was your take on it? I, I love that the referees stayed out of it, man. That's what you want in the big games. You know, let them let the teams play. Don't call any bad penalties. And this past NFL season has been marred by a lot of bad officiating so really the fact good. that it didn't show up in the super bowl is everything the nfl could have hoped for so you just said something that something popped off in my head um you talked about the the blitz the spags through and it was trent mcduffie mm -hmm. so let's talk about trent mcduffie for just one second for i'm going to rewind and i'm going to hurt some feelings 2022 <laughs> i know exactly on the going. clock number 21 and everyone me mike reese you Chris, everyone was like hey trent mcduffie is the top player on the board Cornerback was a need for the Patriots. And instead of drafting Trent McDuffie, who is an all-pro cornerback, they traded down with the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs draft Trent McDuffie worked out great for them. Patriots received three draft picks for that. A first-round pick, Cole Strange. A, a fourth-round pick in that year's draft, Jack Jones. And, a, and then they turned the third into a future third, which was Marte Mapu. So let's rewind. Patriots get Cole Strange, Jack Jones, and Marte Mapu. Kansas City Chiefs get Trent McDuffie, all-pro cornerback, which I understand the arguments. Trade down, get more assets, chess, not checkers. You know what, man? Sometimes it's best to draft the best player available. Don't get cute, right? Don't get cute. 
The, the Kansas City Chiefs saw a top cornerback available at 21. We didn't expect him to be available, by the way, and the Patriots are drafting there in 2022 at 21. No one thought Trent McDuffie would be there. We thought he'd, they'd have to trade up for him. Patriots didn't draft him and instead drafted Jack Jones in the fourth and Cole Strange in the first and then Marte Matthew the next year in the third. Just, man, that made me think. When when he when they sent that blitz last night, it, I instantly flashed back and I looked up the trade terms. I'm like, yep, Patriots lost that deal. Well, and McDuffie is just such a, like, Belichick-y player, too, where he can play inside, he can play outside. You can see that, like, if he comes yeah. on a blitz, he can get home. He's just a football player. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, passing on him, that's an easy second guess. But I guess it was also a first guess at the time, too. So there we are. Yeah. But right, guys, that's our pod. Thanks for following along. We'll catch you further on down the trail. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live.